guys, this is Doug. Thanks for listening to What's the Hazard. I want to take a minute and thank our incredibly generous sponsors, Custom Concrete Specialists, PML Construction, the Nebraska Department of Labor On-Site Consultation Group, Liquid Trucking, Risk Skill Consulting. Thank you one and all. We really appreciate your support. Now today's episode. We're ready to get started. Hi, guys. This is Doug, and you're listening to What's the Hazard. Once again, it is Friday, December 1st. Wow. Made it. We had a November. I'm almost certain of it. I I know I went to Thanksgiving, but, man, the time is flying. Yeah, it is. Is it flying for you, too? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, we both have four kids. Oh, my God. You you really have no sense of time, actually. days go fast, and then sometimes the months go fast, but then sometimes it feels really slow. Yeah. You will reach a point, you know, my boys were both grown and gone and you will reach a point where it just goes fast. Everything. It just goes so fast for me. I think, I don't know if time is linear. I'm not a physicist. I didn't, you know, I didn't do well in physics, but it's not, it seems to be almost like a, like a normal distribution, like a curve. And I am way past the peak of the curve and it is just screaming. It's accelerating. I mean, time is going faster. So. Yeah. One of those it, things you want to hold on to as much as possible. It's very cliche, man, yeah. but yes, yeah. enjoy cliche, every moment. I, my my oldest son will be going into high school next year, and I can't, like, I can't fathom, fathom like, that. I can't believe it. It's amazing. It is. But well, thanks for being here, guys. My yeah. guests this morning: Shane Unger, yep, Jacob Whitney, yes, sir. They are the owners of Safety Compliance LLC. Yep, uh, a safety and health compliance outfit, uh, consulting. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you guys do what we do. We've been working together now for a few years. It's been a great collaboration, in my opinion. My clients love you guys, so thank you for all you're doing for me and my guys. And I know you have all your own clients and you do your own thing. But it's kind of this—we've uh, kind of got this little this cooperative worked out within the community. Yeah, got different guys well. working for you that are working. I mean, it's just really turned out to be. I personally think this is the way it should be going forward, right? Just a group of safety vigilantes that yeah. provide different services yeah. and different specialties, and we're just serving the needs of our clients. Man, it's it's exceptional. So thanks for that. It's been great to get to know some of your guys too, just from um, yeah, expertise. Man. I mean, we're not we're not professionals and uh, on everything. And no, it's no. Been great to just even pick their brains and learn from them too. I'm the same, man. I I know what my wheelhouse is. Mm-hmm. I've been doing this long enough to know what I'm not good at, and you guys are. And that's a great that's a great benefit to me. And um, you know, I think eventually, when somebody who's running this show ha- that has a little bit more sense than me, you know, can kind of coordinate this, that might be you because you're the one with the business background. That I think it'll be really nice. People can just say, "Hey, here's yeah. what I need. It's one stop shopping. We just, dist- you know, we get you what you need." Yeah. I've got a client right now that is that is. Uh, Developing a transloading railroad operation. Wow. I don't know anything about that. Don't stand on the tracks. That's what <laughs> yeah, I was right? taught. You know, avoid the train. Yeah, when you're listening on the rail, you know that's bad. So, and I've got a buddy down in. Uh, well, he lives down kind of around Lincoln. Yep. Uh, who has expertise in that, and he's working with them right now. I, I stay involved in the communication, and I'm just so pleased to see, you know, the communication, the questions he's asking, the. You know, the package they're putting together, it's just, it's just, yeah. it's awesome, man. Yeah. And I think that's a testament to you, Doug, uh, which, I mean, you really brought a lot of this together. And a lot of the communication and working together as partners, and, and it doesn't have to be, you know, you and us, and we're all isolated. And you've, I think you've really done a great job bringing together the safety community, which to your point, why wouldn't we want to help each why other? Why wouldn't we yeah. do that? Why, it's beneficial for everybody. And that's we've experienced that. I know we have. We've been able to actually experience a benefit to be able to offer a more wide range of right. services to our customers. I, I have to. Bring in expert. I mean, right? Share some of the. Yeah. You guys uh, do a lot of stuff that I am incapable of doing, which is a tremendous benefit. So yeah. And, and it's great when it's a local resource. Too. I totally you know, agree, man. It's like, okay, this outfit's out of California. Yeah, so, you know, I come on bring a and bunch it. of strangers in yeah, here, man. Yeah, you know, truthfully. Resource. And I don't want to tell anybody no. That's the other part of I this. Know. Somebody contacts you, they finally find you, and you say, I can't do that or I don't do that. I that know. door is closed. Yep. Yeah. You know, they don't come back. And so I say, hey, I know a guy that can do that. And, you know, that, that has really changed my approach. So I appreciate you saying that. But, yep. you know, most of it is just um, realizing that I, 
not good at everything sure. and knowing what I enjoy doing, yep. right? There are certain things that I like to do and certain things that I don't. And hopefully we can find a group of people that we can all work with and get along with that can do that. So anyway, I, I would like to start at the beginning. I usually, I like to hear the origin story. We were just yeah. chatting before we even started recording about your history, yeah. which is very interesting. Yep. I know your father yeah. and he was kind of in, in the beginning of the, of the business side of this, but yeah. if you wouldn't mind, just introduce yes. yourselves a little bit and talk about how safety compliance came to be. Absolutely. Yeah. So safety compliance started about 25 years ago. My father, Rory Whitney started, uh, you know, basically just going up to businesses, dropping off a card. You know, he got trained, uh, with some safety certifications from, a from the guy that was in Cedar Rapids and, you know, basically he's trying to feed his family and went out and tried to, you know, drum up some business, kind of yeah. grew it, uh, to, you know, be able to provide for, uh, my family. You look well fed. Yeah, well fed. The wife's keeping me. <laughs> right. The wife's keeping me well. Well, maybe fed. that's more of a testament yeah, to her. But, yeah, dad, growing but... up, we had uh, five sisters and a brother, so my dad had to work quite oh, a bit. Shit, yeah. And oh, uh, yeah, built a, a decent sized uh, business. But then, as he was getting older, uh, he was thinking, "Hey, we got to think of a succession plan." And right. so, um, started off with Shane and I. Um, well, and so, how did you guys come to meet, as it were? So, yeah, so uh, 2003, I moved into the dorms at UNO, and uh, my roommate was his cousin. I met his sister. I married his sister. So Jake and I, I are like brother-in-law, right? You know? so, yeah. <laughs> Whether he liked me or not, I, I got his sister. Like, so. That was a done deal. Yeah, and so then... So you're family. So we're family. I love that. Yep. And then, yeah, Rory was looking, kind of secession plan, and... You know, he approached Jacob and I, and both uh, with some business background. And I have some, I grew up small town Nebraska, and my dad did a lot of contracting. And so I'm one of three boys and three stepbrothers. And so he just figured he could put us on a roof. And mm -hmm. so we just shingled houses all mm -hmm. framed and, and did a bunch of construction stuff. Whatever you get your hands on in a small town, right? Right. I didn't realize until I got to college that there was a thing as a fall protection harness, like <laughs> right. a ladder setup. I mean, right? Right? We used what? What does OSHA call them? Speed bumps. We used Absolutely. we used the tow boards, right? Yeah. And, and so just being introduced to that world um, from both sides of doing a lot of things wrong and understanding then there's actually a mm -hmm. better, safer way to do it. So construction background. Rory asked us, you know, hey, if we'd want to be involved here, and uh, we did. We got involved. Yeah. And it was kind of a part-time, you know, trying to figure it out. Right. Uh, we've gone through and got accredited, you know, just like anybody else, mm -hmm. uh, an ASP. So, and we're members of the Great Plains, um, mm -hmm. ASSP, yeah. the Board of Certified Safety Professionals. So we've we've done all the training and experience, and we've continued to grow it. And and so, yeah, we're, we're rolling with it, and I this is that. what we do. Yeah, yeah. but, man, I, I, from a certification standpoint, I, I realize that there are there is a certain interest that people have in certifications. I had my certifications for a while. Yep. Man, I just got tired of paying the dues. I'll be honest with you. you yeah, know. it's, it's a, uh, you know, it's, I got my master's degree in business and, uh, only reason why I got it is because most jobs on the, on the, uh, on the application said you had to check that box to, mm -hmm. you know, it's, and so I went through that process. Yeah. And sometimes I feel like that's the same way with, some of the accreditations when I've seen some of the most incredible safety guys not have right. some of the accreditations right. that and people that, look that's for. That's not to discredit that. Look, I'm no, not saying, you know, no, if, if you have It's a great resource. Yeah. It's been a great opportunity, uh, but it's, it's not the catch-all, right? There's great safety professionals out there without an ASP, without a yeah, CSP. No doubt. Well, I think Tremendous your experience. experience and background and that exposure has a huge – I mean, I see yeah. a lot of new people coming into the profession – and maybe they have a degree mm. or uh, in safety, perhaps, or maybe they, you know, they have some other education in, in the field, but they don't have that experience. The, I would take experience over yeah. the education. Any and again, I'm not minimizing those things, nope. but the way I see it applied, experience always trumps. Yeah. And yeah. we didn't even get accredited until many years into yeah. doing this. I mean, we've yeah. been doing this for about yeah. 10 years now, and it's like, does it open a few doors? Sure. Probably. But it was, you know... Getting that, like you said, that experience, being able to walk in, talk to somebody, understand the needs right. that, that a company might right. need pays off a lot more than just having some letters behind it. And, and just being able to communicate. 
Yeah. I mean, both of you guys are easy to talk to. You're, you know, you communicate well. I, I always struggle. I had people that worked for me at OSHA that couldn't write, couldn't complete a sentence. They couldn't, yeah. you know, maybe that is intended to be a little bit, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, but disheartening. I was yeah. a little, you know, um, but the, but being able to communicate. So I have a client. I was speaking with one of my, the client, the plant manager, and we were talking about how important it is for that safety person to be able to communicate yeah. with, you know, employees, subcontractors, management. I mean, it really, that's a skill that you can't, that's a hard thing to teach somebody. Yeah. Either you do that or you don't. Yeah. And that's something that you guys have, my clients have always been very complimentary of you guys. You know, they like when you come into the plant. Because of that, I think there's a certain pragmatism, you know. I mean, we've got this book full of stuff yeah. that we're supposed to follow to the extent that we can reasonably. Yeah. And if it's, you know, if it's not in the book, I mean, then we got to figure out a way. Mm-hmm. You know, we got to get the product out the door. I think we need to come to terms with that. Yes, exactly. Right? Safety first sounds nice, but we got to get the product out the door. And let's figure out a way to do that as safely as possible. And you're not going to get that by just referring to the subparagraph in the book. Yeah. Striking yeah, out people balance. real quick. You lose people real quick. Yeah, they are not on board. So I do appreciate that. So yep. how was the working relationship? Between Shane and I? <laughs> Between you know, the two of it's, you. <laughs> it's funny because people, when they hear, they're like, oh, man, family and business don't mix. And I'm uh-huh. like, man, we've, I think we've debunked really. that here, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. it's been incredible because we can really utilize each other's time and resources and schedule and mm-hmm. and even the the context that we've had to be able to bring in people and sometimes i'll reach out to jake and be like hey here's what i got going on i mean that happened with our 30-hour course that we got mm-hmm. going on yeah. down in lincoln this next month right we yeah, mentioned mention that give, give the details of that so everybody's aware that because these 30-hour yep. classes a 30-hour construction outreach course yep um, and you're timing it perfectly, doing it in January. Yep. I, I did one in July one time. i got to be honest with you, there was nobody Did there. anyone show up? <laughs> nobody. Tough, why would they? Tough time to shut down yeah. for a construction yeah, that's a tough. Yeah, that was a big ask. So you've got one coming up. Yeah. At 8th through 11th? Yeah, January, January 8th through 11th. And uh, that's going to be down in Lincoln. And we, we do a whole shutdown week. And so OSHA 30 is going to be part of that. We got uh, crane and rigging uh, and hand signal, and we got first aid. We got equipment training. I mean, we're we're You're doing, doing it all a, a lot, but we got to bring in people, right? So yeah. Jake and I are just two yeah. of the trainers that we utilize to, right? You know, split up these courses because some people are doing the thirty hour, they're not going to do some of the other courses. Mm-hmm. But we're doing a whole shutdown week, and that's to the point we're using other people that we know and we trust that we've right. worked with to be able mm-hmm. to put on a course that people genuinely leave saying yeah that was worthwhile Worth like, i learned time. something i could talk to the trainer we could come converse mm-hmm. right we could actually ask questions like hey we see this in the field what do we do mm-hmm. so yeah that's going to be 8th through the 11th so if anybody is interested they can reach out to jacob how, did they, how would they get a hold of you uh they could go uh and just Email us at shaneunger at gmail or jacob.whitney1 at gmail.com. So the numeral one. Yep. Jacob.whitney1 yep. really at gmail. Yep. Shane.unger nope, or just, just Shane Unger? Shane Unger. I got in early. At, <laughs> at gmail. <laughs> yeah. Excellent, man. I hope you pe- everybody takes advantage of this truthfully because they are hard to schedule. Yeah. They are oftentimes difficult to get arranged. You know, you go to the council or something. It's never when you want it. You know, they just fix their schedule. And yeah, you got again. I'm not here to bash anybody, but that's difficult. Yep. You know, this is not. And I love the fact that you're adding all those other things into it: the first aid, the equipment, Mm -hmm. all of the rigging, signaling, all of that stuff. Yep. This is a and you know, I, I know the money is important, but it's not about the money. It's about the time. To take your people and commit that amount of time is a big deal. It's a big deal. The money isn't. Yep. It's almost like an afterthought. It's and interesting because so the companies good. that do it, the, the companies that really invest in it, I think they do ultimately see a return. Of course. And then they're more likely to do it again. Sometimes people are kind of apprehensive because they see the dollar sign and they're like, well, it's just money out the door. And, and I don't, right? There's no production happening. There's mm-hmm. no product being made and and they miss the bigger picture and that's to your point doug it's it's really not about the money but 
you got one injury, right? You all can, of that. All yeah. that could be gone. Yeah. And so uh, the companies that see that and invest in that, they see results. Their, their employees feel trained. They feel, right, that they are given the knowledge to work safely, hopefully less recordable injuries, uh, less work comp, your mod ratings, all that. We all know all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But it does really matter. Mm-hmm. I had a guy call me three weeks ago uh, out of Wisconsin, $125,000 fine. $125,000. From Wisconsin OSHA? Yeah. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. And he's like, man, I have no, he's like, I've, I've paid them twice. You know, like, now this is my third one. He's, he just ignored everything. Mm-hmm. And right, it, it costs you ultimately mm-hmm. if you're going to just ignore safety. It and can you know be that. brutal, man. It yeah. can be brutal. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. Is it a roofer type operation roofer. or something? Yeah. And they're just like the the roofing industry as a whole. I mean, if you work in any metropolitan area, you are just sitting ducks. I mean, it's just, you know, drive by, see somebody on a roof, stop, you know, 50,000 in fines and move on. It takes you 30 minutes as a compliance officer. It's not even a challenge, you know. No. So I, I really feel for those folks. It's it's very difficult, and they are they're subjected to scrutiny that most companies will never get. You know, and particularly if you live out in the middle of nowhere, if you're out in a rural setting, like you were talking about in your yeah. child, you'll never see an OSHA never, person out there. One. You'll yeah. never see one. Yeah. But at least in our communities, if you live and work in Omaha or Lincoln, mm-hmm. you have a high likelihood of seeing some an, an enforcement person. I was leaving the gym. It was. Black Friday, I live out northwest Omaha, and they had a warning line system, you know, set up on this, on this whatever, Dino storage, and just warning line is, you know, a story down, a story down, and just like I took a picture, and I'm like, I wonder who this contractor is, I'm going to swing in and drop off a card, but yeah, easy to kind of rustle up some business sometimes when you're, when you're driving around too, just like OSHA. Pretty easy to see. Yeah, and if you're out just ahead of the OSHA guy, you can save these guys a lot of heartache, man. Yeah, we and we communicate that too because some of the companies we work with, uh, really, really reputable companies here in town, and and some of the workers particularly can stand up on a roof and and right, they can look around and see, well, why aren't they and why aren't they and why aren't they yeah. wearing it? Mm-hmm. And it's one of the things that I tell them is being a reputable company, whether you like it or not, probably has more stringent. Everyone should. I mean, we all have the same requirements, but if somebody can close the door and and be some other name tomorrow, mm-hmm. right? And but a reputable company who's established in the community, right? You're not doing do, that. No, You're not going underground. You're not changing your name. They cannot do that, and so they feel like they have to play by different rules. But I would just say that for the long term, again, the long term trajectory of the business, right? Playing by those rules and being safe is what's going to keep you in business. I help keep you in business no for doubt. the long term. That's a great. That's great advice, and and that is true. That the, there are those companies, established companies, that don't have the, the latitude to just yep. change their name. Yep. You know, just I go from these initials to those initials yeah. Yeah. or whatever, and that's again, you know, that sounds kind of bad, but it's the reality of it's it. It's the reality, right? And so I think that's something Jacob and I really try to be as practical, like you were saying, with people and communicate that. Yeah, I get it. It feels unfair, right? That this company right down the road isn't doing anything, mm-hmm. but the benefits of one, you're safe mm-hmm. Two, I mean, you're still being paid. You're hired by a reputable company. You don't have to be concerned. Well, are they going to just become somebody tomorrow? Or are they going to dissolve? And right. right. There's a security there that is again, beneficial for the company and the employee long-term. And so, you know, if you're talking to people and they, they can understand that they're like, yeah, okay, I, I get that. Yeah. Might not mean I like to wear my yeah. harness. It is not a level but... playing field, you know. There are a lot of people that don't yeah. follow the rules and and may never have to follow the rules. Yep. But I do think there is a certain appreciation now on the part of the owners or the general contractors, certainly, that a company understands and and complies. Yep. You know, because it it impacts them as well. It can impact yeah. owners. It can impact GCs. It can bring undue attention to a job. It can do a lot of things. And so yeah. I think those companies that have embraced it and understand this is just part of doing business, this is what we have to do, and it's the right thing to do, there, there is a long-term benefit to that. It's I, just, I had a company out of Council Bluffs, larger, larger company, HVAC, and their moderating got out of control mm-hmm. right, before they ever talked to us, right? I'm yeah. sure you get calls oh, after yeah, things man. get it's bad, right? It's always after. Not it, always, but unfortunately A lot often. of times it's, right, the wheels are falling off, 
Doug, yeah. can you help me? Yeah, we need some. Yeah, that's tough. It's tough. And their moderating got out of hand. And so, you know, they're working with big, great plane, uh, Green Plains mm-hmm. and the Cargills and the Conagras. And, and they were getting, they're winning the bid, getting but they're losing the job because their mod rating was too high to be on the premise. No kidding. And so you think about, again, is that rare? Well, not always that rare. Mm-hmm. If, you're a, if you're a company getting onto some of these you know, bigger corporations' sites. And so it actually physically hurt their bottom line because mm-hmm. they would lose a job because their mod rating would right. disqualify them. Yeah. So during that pre-qualification or that is... Yeah, we're using ISNet, Aveda, and all right. these. And they're like, you know, you, your score is a D because your right. mod rating is a yeah. 1.3. Like, right. Okay. So you're you, out. You, we're not willing to take that risk. We can't, we can't bring risk. you onto we the site. We cannot take that risk. Yeah, that's, that's just really tough. Yep. And that, that is the reality, too. And I, I see that a lot. I don't do construction work as much as I used to. Mm-hmm. You know, as you guys know, man, it, it is hard to be good at everything. 100%. And I would much rather be good at a few things and then farm out to people that are good at other things. Talk about what you guys do, what you enjoy doing, the kind of services your company offers, and then a little bit about what you see out when you're working. I mean, some of the deficiencies you're seeing, things like that. So just, you know, we can... Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, some of the services we provide, uh, you know, on-site job inspections, whether it's construction industry, mm-hmm. like uh, you've taught us a lot to doing industry walk-arounds. And, um, but yeah, on the construction side, job site inspections, um, on on the site trainings, mm-hmm. so OSHA mandated training. You'll do the toolboxes. We'll do toolboxes, we'll do, the we'll do fall protections, mm-hmm. we'll do the whole gamut of, you know, and that's one of the things Shane and I have really tried to, you know, as we've built this business, you know, over the last 10 years is, is really tailored, right? So we have some companies that, that are smaller and they just need, they need four hours a month and yeah. okay, we'll do that. Um, other companies want us, you know, on site for a day a week or, mm-hmm. you know, a, a little bit more regular than that. Right. Um, so we do power equipment certifications, whether that's class one to class seven, uh, power. I don't equipment. know what any of that means, but thank you for doing <laughs> that because you do that, for my, you do that for my people and yeah. I appreciate that. A lot of CPR first aid certifications not our not our favorite thing to do, but uh, a lot of our clients have asked for it in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't want to they don't want to take the time to send their employees to a training sure. center and have them you know wasting time on the road. So we'll do that for our clients. And so look, let, let's drill into that a little yeah. bit. Everybody needs it. Mm-hmm. You know the OSHA regulations that describe first aid CPR treatment are a little bit wishy washy. Yeah, somebody, everybody needs it. Yeah, ultimately yeah. you need to have people on site that are trained and that are designated in my opinion yep. why don't you like doing it is it not does it not make you enough money for the time investment is it just a difficult thing to teach is it a combination of yeah, those things i'll, I mean, I'll take the first one it's yeah, uh, it's not the most glamorous class right it's video yeah. led i mean so right. you know nebraska safety council american heart association red cross has pretty much gone to all video led instructions so oh, okay. how many times can you watch the same video okay. for three hours yeah. right press play and uh, it is it's a worthwhile skill to have absolutely not only just in the context of work but outside of work mm-hmm. with loved ones with mm-hmm. maybe an elderly parent uh, absolutely. Um, you know so there's a lot of benefit it's just it's not uh like it's not the most glamorous class mm-hmm. to teach but we like to do it again back to that us tailoring our services to the companies that call us. We want to be, you know, we want to be that company that somebody reaches out to, hey, can you take care of us in this regard? And so we're starting to try to also set up some more larger training classes. So that's not a one, you know, one or two guys here or there. It's yeah. just, hey, we're going to do a CPR first aid training at, you know, at a local, you know, a local training mm-hmm. center. You know, send send your send your employees. We can I like try that to, idea. You know, partner a little bit better that way. Um, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I just... I just think uh, I was actually at a training on Wednesday, and one of the guys shared with me. He's like, "Hey, we need a. I'd like to re, you know, redo my CPR first aid mm-hmm. certification." He's like, um, "He had to use CPR on his mom." Was that right? So his and his mom didn't make it. She passed oh, away. Man. But but he said he said that uh, I don't know what I'd be feeling right now. If I didn't know what to do, if I stood there and watched her die, mm-hmm. versus and had no idea, what and had no idea, he, he would have, you know, like that would have mm. put a burden on his mm. mind of like I didn't do anything. Right, he did what he needed to do. He stepped into action right away. It's good for him. And so, obviously, the tragedy of his mom mm-hmm. dying, but he doesn't have on his mind that he just stood there right. and didn't know what to do. You think about your kids, your family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I know we teach it in a workplace scenario, mm-hmm. but man, it's it's more likely you're going to use it outside of work than anywhere. Uh, that's the only time I've ever used it is outside of work. And and you don't want to be feeling helpless when it's someone you love or you care totally. about a friend yeah. or, and so, yes, there are requirements within. You know, you're working in a rural area. You don't have mm-hmm. access to mm-hmm. a medical center. There, there are some actual requirements from mm-hmm. OSHA based on maybe a job site. Access. Uh, access, yep. yep. But I'd say it's just good for everybody. Everybody. To know that. I totally agree, man. And thank you for saying that because we talk a lot about, you know, the skills that we teach you for the workplace also apply to 100%. your life. Yeah. yeah. You know, almost everything that we talk about has application to your life. And most people walk out the door of the facility, and then they don't apply any of those principles. They go home, and they do things that are – I was jamming a – excuse my language. I was jamming a screwdriver into an outlet last night because it had those little safety – you know, you couldn't – it I had the little safety oh, the things on it. things, yeah. Yeah, the pinchers that yeah. you can't – I don't know if that's trying to keep children from accessing the yeah. circuit. I could not get my wife into like something. I couldn't get the plug in. I was like, God damn. And I was like taking a screwdriver. I was going to jam yeah. it in there, and I think – Wait a second. What are you doing, man? Yeah. <laughs> what are you... Is this really worth it? Take yeah. a breath. Yeah. yeah. Walk away for a second. You know, I'm yeah. a little angry. I've just been at work yeah. for 12 hours. Come home to a work, a home tragedy. You know, whatever. This uh, I'll share one issue. too. I'll share one too, just because <laughs> as safety guys, we gotta laugh sometimes, right? It's uh, right. My neighbors know what I do, and and safety being part of my life. And uh, I came home the other day. And my boys were jumping off our roof onto the trampoline. Wow. Oh. Right? I'm like, right. what are you doing? I mean, they didn't. It, so we moved the trampoline away from the roof. Right. They're jumping out of the tree onto the trampoline. <laughs> like, you know, so it didn't matter. Right. You know, and, but you're like, <laughs> the safety guys, kids are like jumping off their house. You right, know, right. Like, yeah, I can remember. We used to tie a rope from the peak of the house. To a tree and ride over there on like handlebars that we'd ripped yeah. off the stingray, you know, yep. and like, yeah, your own little zip line. Exactly. Yeah. So. Oh, that's hilarious. You know, it's man. it's funny. It is true. Like, we feel like there's work regulations, and then it's like, ah, home is a free for all. And then home. Yeah. But we've had lots of cases where one guy went out and bought a fire extinguisher. How simple is that? He went out and bought a fire extinguisher for his home. For his home. Yeah. Good. Small step. His house. He had a fire. He used it, and so. You know, sometimes they come back and tell us, I bought a fire extinguisher, and I had to use it, mm-hmm. and if I didn't have that, that, that fire could have been, could have been really yeah. bad. He had smoke damage. It it damaged, you know, one of their bedrooms, mm-hmm. and I mean, if he would have had, what, a cup of water, it could have <laughs> lost his house. So yeah. there are stories, and I'm sure you've heard tons of people mm-hmm. tell you, hey, I, I did this. I mm-hmm. applied this in my own personal life. And those Something are really satisfying. It is. We don't get a lot of great no. feedback right. in our career, you know. No. You just don't, you know, I mean, the absence of something, someone, somebody didn't get hurt, somebody didn't have an yeah. issue, whatever. Hard to measure. That's hard to measure that. Mm-hmm. So those kind of things, anecdotal stories like that are really satisfying to me. It makes me happy yeah. when and I they, hear they, that they stuff. They make your training more powerful when you, when you include them they in do. your training. I mean, you they talked do. about just, you know, being able to talk well or communicate it's also being relatable, right? Mm-hmm. It's being able to bring in those personal life examples, whether it's, you know, using CPR on, you know, like, again, a mom or a situation like that, or what have you seen over the course of the last 10 years? And mm-hmm. I don't know, we've gotten a lot of good feedback from you know, folks that we've trained to saying, hey, yeah, we've learned something. We want to, like, make a change because yeah. of this. And the personal stories are almost always more powerful no than, than something that happened at work. Because I mean, yeah. people, people have lives outside of work, and they care about that more than... I totally agree. I would love to see, um, and maybe we'll do this in 2024. Chris Bryant and I have been talking a lot of, we've been talking about developing some type of a training center Mm -hmm. of sorts. Maybe it's a mobile train, you know, maybe we're going from place to place, but I personally believe that every American should have to have first aid, CPR, AED, and and then stop the bleed. Mm -hmm. You know, that trauma response that, you know, I got a buddy. Uh, Dustin that teaches that, um, and I just think everybody should have those skills. Yeah, everybody should you know carry a small first aid kit with them. Yeah, I'm not sure we can all carry an AED. You could carry a hammer, I suppose. <laughs> Get, you know, give them yeah. the mallet, yeah. and you could carry a tourniquet, or you could carry some carry kind a fire of fire extinguisher. I mean, uh, carry carry a fire. I mean, small... I just yeah, we would be such a better community if everybody did that. Yeah, I won't I won't rail on our education system, I, but it's like man. How practical would something like this be if you taught 
a high school class on these basic skills, right? Like life safety (laughs) skills. Life safety skills. I mean, you're more likely to use that than some of the classes I took. (laughs) (laughs) I won't name the classes I took, but it's like there are some classes that I slept through, right? Yeah, no doubt. Me too. Never used them in my life. And it's these are really practical things that every American you would hope would understand how to respond in a situation. No doubt. I totally agree, man. Yeah. I, I slept through my share of classes. Ah, yeah. I've slept at least for a few minutes in every safety class I've ever taken. It's just kind of you, you sit down and stop moving, and it's just natural to try to oh, relax yeah. a little bit, you know? Mm-hmm. And I mean, and that is a challenge to training, certainly construction people, manufacturing people as well. You mm-hmm. sit them down in a classroom, yeah. and you start lecturing to them. That's why this, you know, the, the uh, relatability is so important. Yeah. Yep. If you can communicate something to them that they relate to or they see value in, totally different. If you're just regurgitating regulations yeah. and stuff, they're, they're gone, man. They're out. Fast. They're out. Yep. I and te- I don't blame them. I'm out, too. Yeah. I was teaching a CPR class just yesterday, and it was just, you know, we're starting at 645 in the morning, and it's like <laughs> I'm looking at 30 guys that, you know, I don't think they really want to be there. The boss told them they got to be there. Right. And it's like, hey, you guys got to stand up. You got to move around, you know, like yep. making it as engaging as possible, you know, and just like – like you said, being relatable, having mm-hmm. an instructor that's like, yeah, I understand this is not your normal day-to-day world to sit for four hours mm-hmm. at a desk and learn. Stand up, be comfortable, and actually take something from the training. And, and being an instructor that knows how to do that, I think, is also a, a yeah. valuable skill. Uh, just tell me one person that you would be willing to do first aid or CPR yeah. Yeah. on. Is there someone in your life, mm-hmm. if they needed it, that you would be willing to do this yeah. for? There's got to be someone in everybody's life that they would... 100%. Want yep. to have that skill available to them for. Yep. And we try to incorporate, which I know you and, you know, a lot of safety trainers try to incorporate those stories. And I, I try to, you know, not using company names ever, but just giving real life examples. Because, I mean, weekly mm-hmm. we're getting, you know, OSHA was at one of my clients on, on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Right. And so real life examples that, you know, here's what we're dealing with, guys, that relates to you, um, you know, family members and trying to make it personal so that there is a, okay, here's why I should actually maybe listen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the why is an important piece, I think, that gets overlooked. Yep. You know, the old, you know, I guess I told you so was my father's approach, but that doesn't really play well with the workforce, the modern workforce. No, things you know, have they changed. Need, they yeah. need to understand the why yeah. behind why we do these things. Yep. So you guys do a site work. Yeah. You're doing a lot of training. Yep. You do first aid CPR. You do the equipment training. Mm-hmm. You help my clients with that, which is really valuable. Yep. I, I couldn't – if if life depended on me getting in a forklift and moving something, life would end. <laughs> How do you learn this stuff? How did you – did you guys go through training enough to learn this stuff, or did you operate the equipment yourself? Yeah, or? yeah both. Right? So I, we were talking earlier. There's an education piece, and there's a practical hands-on. And I think anything that we try to engage in, we're, we're trying to do the same. If we're going to teach somebody, we don't want it to be like this theoretical, you know, here's how you do it. I couldn't do it, but here's how <laughs> yeah. you do it. You know, like, which is you why do I it. stopped doing yeah. it. And so we, we want to make sure that when we're doing it, are we operating a forklift every day? I'm not operating a forklift every day. I can drive but you've any done classes of forklift mm-hmm. or mobile elevated work platforms, right? Mm-hmm. The scissor lifts, the man lifts. And so if we're going to teach somebody to utilize it, we're going to pair up the educational piece, uh, train the trainer or some type of certification to be a, to be able to train people from an education piece and the practical, we're going to operate the equipment. We're going to know how it works so that we can, you mm-hmm. know, get both aspects of it. Now, every piece of equipment might be a little bit different, like a toggle versus a joystick versus a, I mean, that's, that's different. Each piece mm-hmm. of equipment, mm-hmm. we can't know every piece of equipment but we can know that class. The principles yeah. of those. the principles. Yep. Mm-hmm. So we're going to always pair that up. And we, we encourage our people, right, they might sit through this training and we might be able to certify them and they're doing some hands-on, we're evaluating them, they're doing coursework. But we're going to always encourage them on the job site, right? Nothing. Yeah, with an experienced operator. With an experienced operator. Nothing's better than mm-hmm. time on that equipment mm-hmm. and just yeah. making sure you're getting that time on the equipment. In easier situations, Right, don't throw the new guy into the hardest situation. Right, right. Give him that time on the machine. So we're always pairing up, whether it's first aid, CPR. I mean, I guess I can't say we're going out looking for opportunities to mm-hmm. have real life examples of that, but 
everything we're doing is trying to be the education piece and the hands-on. It's got to mm-hmm. be both. It's got to be both. And we found a lot of success doing that hands-on on the job site. Sometimes we might do it at, at a shop, right? But just like you know, operating a forklift or a telehandler mm-hmm. in a parking lot is one thing, right? Like go move this pallet, lift it. You know, it's like, but any opportunity we have to do the actual hands-on on a job site in a real life, like make a real life scenario to make it, you know, as practically learning for that operator, uh, you know, is important. We've also seen a lot of times that you get an operator, oh, I've driven a forklift for, Damn. 25 years and they don't they don't look to us that we can teach them anything and it's like that's all right like we still want to like go through those like shane's saying those necessary steps there is some education pieces that you might have missed there might be some new developments to the standard or the you know the manual mm-hmm. that they have to mm-hmm. understand and yeah just taking even an experienced operator through both that education piece that hands-on demonstration you know listening to what they're saying you know maybe sometimes you get a guy that says you know, screw off. I, you know, you're not yeah. going to teach me anything. And that comes with the business, but no, it um, does. And, but, but they might also be able to contribute something. Yeah. You know, in your experience, you've been operating for 25 years. I mean, what are the pitfalls here yeah. at this plant that I'm not going to be able to see just walking through? That's, yeah. that's a perfect point. So even this course we're doing on rigging, we got guys who are, I've been doing this 25 years. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and so we'll tap into their, re- we'll, we'll help deploy them in a sense of like, well, then you help. Like, yeah, man. Use your experience, and let's talk about those. Share comments. something. Share something. Yeah. Hey, do you have any stories? Mm-hmm. Tell a story. Like, engage them. Mm-hmm. So, if they are truly experienced, why wouldn't you tap into that? Mm, definitely. Right? Especially if they've been with that company for a long time, they've been doing it correctly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Utilize that, or utilize. Usually, they got stories of no all doubt. this one yeah. time something happened. Right. right? And th- those are things that we don't want these other newbies to have to experience. Yep. Maybe you can share out, you know, those exactly. so we can avoid that. Yeah, that's been a good way to engage that's some of those guys who are like, I've done this have you, have you Have you had like training disasters? Like <clears throat> as every trainer has, I've had so many disasters over the years that I couldn't even. But I was doing, Chris and I were doing a 30-hour a couple weeks ago. I came for, I don't, you know, Chris is there. He's the authorized trainer, so he's there for the yep. entire four days. And I come in and do a day here or there, yep. whatever, do some topics that he's not interested in the crappy ones he gives to me typically you know he's got it figured out and so when i started i just asked the group you know hey we're we're talking about hazard recognition that's what this class is so just tell me what a hazard is and one of the guys in the back said sitting in this class for 30 hours and i you know and i'm like you know Mm. normally i would say fuck you but hey i'm a professional there you go (laughs) so as everybody knows so I'm gonna I'm gonna let that pass, but I have to be honest with you. It affected me. Mm-hmm. It it took me off my game a little bit. Yeah. Because normally, most students, if they're not interested, they're at least gracious. They're at least yeah. Not you know hospitable. Yeah. yeah. Cordial part of it. Cordial. Yeah. I mean, I get it. I've had to go to training that I wasn't interested in, so I'll just keep my mouth shut and just do my thing here. Yep. But. It kind of put me off, mm-hmm. you know? And so we started this little back and forth, and I was like, no, the, please don't do this. Don't yeah. do this, yeah. you know? Hour it, two of the training, you're going to be a long 30-hour day. Yeah, it's gonna, this is going to be a long day if I allow this guy to drive. I yeah. don't think – I shouldn't say that, but I'm not sure everyone understands how difficult training is, yeah. you know, how difficult it can be, you know, yeah. particularly 30. You, you know, if you've got a group of people for 30 hours – you get very intimate. You know, you're going to really know these people at the end. Of, you know, day one is kind of that uh, combination of imposter syndrome and them trying to get it. By day four, these are people that you're actually pretty close with. Yeah, I mean, you, you know develop relationships with them. Uh, it, it's an interesting dynamic. But I've had a few disastrous yeah. training sessions, man. Yeah, it seems to be more the the people that can affect you. Um I'd say some of the things that as a trainer that affect that might affect me is when, yeah, the attitude of, of, of somebody, but particularly when they're like, when we're training a topic, how to do something correctly. And, and they just keep saying, well, my employer, they don't do that. They won't do do that. That's not mm -hmm. what we do. That's not how we do it. Mm -hmm. And, and trying to help be like, okay, well, let's start something new. Like, let's do it the right way. Like let's change things, you know? And so, Trying to implement change when you kind of have somebody who's just the resistance, resistant. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because it's like, man, we 
we get it. You might have to be here. Maybe it's not the class you want to be a part of, mm-hmm. but but let's know, make the best let's of this. Let's make the best of it, and, right? Like you know, if you just take one thing away from this class, I'll be really happy. Yep. You learn one thing here. Yeah. You know, you don't yeah. have to learn thirty hours worth of material yeah. in thirty hours. I, talking about people just being cordial, um, I thought this was interesting uh, last month. You know, with you, we do respirator fit testing for people. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so we do fit testing. Nice. And uh, I've fit tested this this body shop uh, mm-hmm. every year. Mm-hmm. And one of the guys came in. We were doing fit testing. And afterwards, he goes, you know, last time we did this, I could taste the product. He and I told you it. I couldn't. I was like, okay. Like, do you, I'm not going to be naive. Do you think you're the first person who's ever lied? Like, <laughs> I, I can't. Right? That, that's part of the process. Like, you have to tell me. Right. And he goes, well, I, I'm not telling you that to, like, be a jerk. I'm telling you because I could taste it. But then it kept sticking in my mind. I'm breathing in this stuff all day. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I made a change. I went and got a different mask. Mm-hmm. I started to shave. And he's like, so even though I lied, it affected me and I changed. And he's like, I could not smell it. I could not taste it this time. Oh, that's great, man. And so even though he was just cordially there, I, I'm going to choose to believe that some of these things that I'm saying are residing mm-hmm. in their minds. Sometimes I think about my own four kids. I'm like, did you, li- did you hear a single <laughs> yeah, thing I there said? There you go. And sometimes they'll be like, they can tell me what I said. And I'm like, huh, didn't think you were even paying attention. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm, I'm going to just try to naturally think that whether they're just like, oh, my goodness, that something is sticking. Mm-hmm. In those examples, when that guy shared it, at first I was like, what are you, where are you going with this? But then afterwards I'm like, Man, I'm very thankful you shared yeah. that because yes. I can't control whether you're going to lie, but I'm glad you made a change. It affected you, and it made mm-hmm. a change for the better. I think it's difficult for people sometimes to admit that they didn't know something or admit that you were that right. right. true. And so they'll take the information. Maybe they'll keep it to themselves, and maybe we don't see the yeah. immediate impact yeah. of that. Yeah. Yeah, that's a but good point. But if it does change their approach or their attitude downstream, some, it's worth it. It is. And I get a lot of, you know, people that, that they don't want to think that I know anything about what they do. And I, I probably don't. You know, maybe I've seen the work done, but I, very few things that I'm actually capable of doing. Yep. But, you know, by the end of that fourth day, man, you know, if you're with somebody for four days, that first mm-hmm. day, they'll come to you. I will say, you know, Chris and I typically ask at the end of the day, just give us some feedback. You know, did you hear anything today that you were unfamiliar with or what had the most impact on you? And they'll start to share that with you, you know, once they're more comfortable yeah, with open you. Up and then, and man, yeah. that feels good. Yep. That feels good. But, it, you know, I, I'm sure it's hard for them sometimes to admit that. Mm-hmm. It's both ways, right? So as a, especially as an experienced employee admitting you didn't know something, mm-hmm. it's probably hard for them. But I would say this as a trainer getting feedback, like you were just saying, maybe you're not asking for feedback because you're afraid of what, might come back. Don't yeah. want the feedback. Yeah. <laughs> and we got to grow just like anybody else. We have to be willing to, you know, change our ways and our methods if it's not effective to be able to engage and bring people in and and make it worthwhile. So feedback's important. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it, it probably can be difficult to hear. Mm-hmm. And some things you can't change. You know, uh, I think safety trainings are boring. I'm do you know, yeah. There's only so yes. much excitement you can bring to a safety training, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, we get it. Okay. Yeah. Important. I, I don't take that very and personally. Possibly boring. And yeah. like, as you said, some of them are mandated. Yeah. I have to cover this material. Yeah. Yep. You know, I have to show this video. I have to spend this much time on this topic, whatever that is. Yep. You know, it is it is difficult, man. I was it teaching uh this is back to CPR, but I was I, I share personal stories and you know, all throughout that training, one of the, the sections you talk about calling the poison control. And so I share this great example of yep. my, my daughter, you know, when she was 18 months old, I came home one day and my wife, Jake, you know, she gives me my daughter. She's like, Ezra, she just unplugged the Glade plug-in, those old school Glade mm-hmm. plug-ins with the glass. And she unplugged it and she drank the, the fluid that was in there. And I was like, oh my God, we call poison control. Yep. And, you know, we get, we get the whole talk through from poison control and she was fine. You know, she, she sped up a little bit. So I share that story, usually mm-hmm. when I'm teaching CPR. Mm-hmm. This is like two months ago I was teaching, and, and there were some office staff in there and some other some moms as well. And one of them, after I shared that story, she came up to me, and she was like, that, that was truly horrible to hear. 
And I was like, the rest, you talk about horror stories yeah. or taking mm-hmm. feedback. And I'm like, but I think it's a good story because when you call yeah. a service like mm-hmm. that, you know, they are very calming. They kind of walk someone. That's, right. that's my worst phone call is doing yeah. that. And, and, but when she said that to me, I was like you, like I was a little bit freaked out. Like, this is going to suck if these people yeah. are sitting in the front row and now I'm, I'm second guessing <laughs> all the stories I got to share <laughs> right. and like, taking that feedback yeah. exchange. Hey, yeah. Like, should I share that story going forward? I'm like, I, I think it's a worthwhile story yeah, to share. Absolutely. And so, you know, and just, yeah, you got to really read your room, you know, like you're talking, getting feedback, and that's important. But the, but the feedback, I, I was not a person. Um, I have only become a little bit more confident in myself over the last 10 years. You know, I was a person with very low self-confidence for many, many years, and I didn't want the feedback. Yeah. You know, we would put, we would hand out these forms I was a teaching assistant in graduate school and I would get, we'd have to hand out these forms and then I collect them. You know, the system wasn't ideal. And then I would go through them and pull out the negative ones and And throw them away away. and then turn the good ones in, you know, to my boss or my, you know, my professor or whatever, because I was afraid of the feedback. And, and, uh, only in the last few years have I started really accepting the feedback and trying to make changes to, but, but it took me a long time. Did something yeah. happen that kind of pushed you to? Uh, I reached. More... A, I don't want to give a fuck point. Sure. I think yeah, yeah. you know. Um, I'm willing to admit that. Man, I don't know everything. I'm not. I, I have seen other trainers that are better than me, and I've said, "Wow, I aspire to be a better trainer." Do you want to be a better trainer or not? Because you know, I've been covering the same material for 35 years, yeah. but I would like to be a better trainer, and I, yeah. I finally just admitted that and embraced it and this um this this group that chris and i are training right now the person from the company was the one that was creating the questions and he would actually at the end of each day he would get the group and he would tell them i want you to con-. he would hand out pens mm-hmm. and little sheets of paper i want you to comment on this you know tell me for example one of them was uh what is what should the company keep doing that we're doing well what should the company stop doing yep. that we're not doing well? Mm-hmm. And, you know, what we, what should we start doing yeah, start that we aren't doing? Yeah. And, man, the feedback. And we would sit down every night after. And we might have, you know, 30, 35 people in this. And we would go through each one and discuss them. We took the feedback seriously. Yep. And then the next day we would make changes. We asked them the first day, you know, the first evening after the first class, what was good about the, the just the training itself, the physical logistics yep. of the training. The table sucked. The seats are uncomfortable. The food was horrible. Whatever. Couldn't hear you. Mm -hmm. And we came back the next day and changed it. I'd never seen anything like that. Yeah, that's really. And it was really powerful. When you're doing your 30s, are you guys using any amplification for voice? Are you guys? Uh, I don't typically. And Chris doesn't really. So, and but I don't like the room to be so deep that they're. Yeah, you know, I would prefer. I know people don't love that. You come in first and you go right to the back. Oh, yeah. That's what I've always yeah. done. Yeah. I like to be able to lean my head against the back wall. Mm. So we've encouraged them to come up front. We try to make the room set. I don't know that people appreciate the significance of the room setup, yeah. the tables and chairs. Yeah. I mean, as you guys have, I've been to. You know, where you do the training and you're in the warehouse and the guys are sitting on buckets around the outside of the warehouse. Yeah. You might as well not even do that. And I don't think the owners necessarily appreciate the importance yeah. of those that basic classroom things. classroom environment. The and, environment. Yeah, yeah, it's huge. Yeah. My first OSHA 10 class I taught, uh, yeah, it was my first time. I'd gotten certified. I was, you know, pumped <laughs> to do it. And there's a compressor in the back oh, of the shop oh, and man. it kicked on every 45 minutes. And uh-huh. just, you know, and... You know, I, I got a loud voice and I can speak really loud, but every and you could hear it, yeah. you know, start to kick on and just, and we couldn't shut it off. You know, every every forty five minutes for <laughs> yep. you know day and a half, it just kept kicking on. So, I know, yeah, man, just and they don't appreciate speech. the impact that that has. Yes. And and likewise, if you have a com- I mean, this is important to me as a company owner. And so we've got this training room at the local hotel, and they bring coffee and donuts in the morning and they bring in reasonable food we bring in decent food it doesn't have to be you know catered but you know decent food and the end result is so much better one of the questions you asked at the start is like what are we seeing kind of out there you know in the field now i mean 
I think we personally have seen a lot more, especially on the construction side, general contractors being they want to see something and then ownership being a little bit more involved and, you know, and wanting to, you know, make a, you know, it's like, you know, uh, know, Jacob, you know, take as much time as you need, you know, Shane, you know, we want to make sure it's thorough and maybe even nine years ago, 10 years ago, we weren't seeing that much Mm -hmm. buy-in. And so maybe there's a tide turning from like an ownership GC perspective. That's That's great. That's good news. Yeah. I got, I got one client I'll go to and, and the manager always walks out. Ah, you know, he sees me walk in. That he's actually that a really good. He's actually a really good guy. I enjoy him a lot. But you know, he says a few things that. Yeah. He's like, "How quick can you make it?" You know. <laughs> I know. And I know. And it's it's you feel that pressure, but I don't I don't change anything. Yeah. He knows how long it's gonna be. Right. You know. Right. Good for but, you. Uh, it's interesting because he'll say that, but he really does enforce safety and really does care about the people they're just really busy and yeah. and and so i get it the safety guy coming in sometimes is like oh we're shutting i mean we're yeah. bringing it down and you're talking about services and that's one thing we like to do so we sometimes it's sometimes it's better to get people off of a site and into you know a training center around here no doubt right and, and sometimes it's better to be at their shop or at their location it, it depends on the training how long it is, what the topic is, if you need the equipment, yeah, definitely. all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's where Jacob was talking earlier is like, we want to customize for everybody what is best. And so we can one month do a, a topic and a training on site. And then maybe if it is, hey, we need to get off site and we need to do something here in a classroom or on an actual job site, not at the shop. And we can customize that to however the company it best serves the company. So not just the big box where it's you show up here every time and yeah, you cookie cutter type of yep. training. Mm-hmm. And so we want to be able to offer that. Um, you know, we that. have a couple of clients who get on big job sites and, and Hey Shane, we need somebody or Hey Jake, we need somebody here 40 hours all month, you mm-hmm. know, all, all mm-hmm. week, all month. And we, again, we partner with people mm-hmm. and we can get guys on the site. And so we got, yeah, a guy on um, you got some guys doing that now doing that now yeah and uh, being able to just work with them on on what they need instead of and some companies are big enough I mean we got a company we work with that's 1400 people they got safety guys yeah mm-hmm. and but sometimes the safety guys don't have the capacity to do everything they has needed and no it's doubt. like or the expertise or they're the just expertise. safety guys too right they're, so hey can you come in and do this topic or, mm-hmm. or this training or we got, we're kind of stretched thin. This one job site is really demanding. Mm-hmm. We could use some help over here, just some capacity. Yeah. Just to mm-hmm. complement their safety guys. Yeah. I right. mean, boots on the ground or you yeah. know, just being that resource for a phone yeah. call, a right. text message. Hey, could you, you know, could you show up tomorrow at 630 in the morning? Like, yeah. yeah if, if I got nothing going on, we'll, here we we'll go. be there. Yeah, we'll and be again, there. you get a little bit of, fa- I mean, if you are the on-site safety person all the time, you get a little fatigue from that, right? Yeah. You're, it's just background noise after a while. So bringing someone in to complement that, yeah. I love the description, is really useful. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I like the, I appreciate the willingness to listen and <clears throat> develop the training or the services I'm not sure every client that I've ever worked with really knows what they need. Yeah, you know, they know they need something. Yep. And maybe they've had an OSHA experience, or maybe they've had an injury, or whatever. Maybe their mod is elevated, whatever that is. Yeah. And they just want peace of mind. Yeah. Right. I need somebody that I trust who is going to help me get where I need to go. Yep. And so going in and listening and helping them develop a strategy is so important because so much of it is just cookie cutter shit. Yeah. Yep. When we, there's when we started out, yeah, when we started out, out we would yep. you know talk to those national outfits, and it just you know again I don't want to disparage anyone, but it's like sometimes they almost cram stuff down your throat, like mm-hmm. you know, and they like you said they're not listening to the needs of the client. Not every client is the same. Whether it's small to mid sized their budgets are going to be different. Yep. They can only you know, hey, we want to do it all, but you know, dollars are stretched. We can only do so much mm-hmm. this year. Shane and I want to take that feedback. Be like, all right, this is the need of the hour. Uh, here's like, how I prioritize yeah, this your needs. Is, you got to yeah. do yeah. this. And you know, we always say it's like turning that Titanic. You know, if you're going into a company that's, 
you know, or turn into a big ship. You know, Titanic is probably a bad example. <laughs> That's a hard one to turn out. You know, just been. turn into incrementally <clears throat> year right. after year. And we've seen a lot of success with our clients in terms of, you know, just year in, year out, really trying to promote that safety yeah. culture. I, I mean, it's, it's not the – it maybe sound counterintuitive to us being trainers, but one of our customers needed online training, mm-hmm. right? And I've heard you talk about it where – you know, if you want training, get somebody in person. If you mm-hmm. need, if you need information, take it. If you need an OSHA card, yeah, right. And take so, it online. But so we've we've developed uh, an online platform where our customers sometimes just need something really. I got one guy who needs this training. Mm-hmm. Do I need to bring you yeah. out to it's not train one guy? To bring one guy. You know, right. yeah. And so we have an online platform where people can utilize, you know, 150 courses, English and Spanish, and they can just if they need I love that. that. And again, is that on your website or how would they find that? That's a, that's a different platform called Abide Safety. Okay. So it's, we just partner it with, uh, with any of our customers who, hey, this is going to be fitting. Because we obviously are promoting in person. Mm-hmm. And I think that is the most engaging. Well, it's you know more that. effective. It's yeah. certainly Much more effective. More effective. Yeah. Is there ever a place for online? There is, right? I don't like taking online classes. No, no, absolutely not. But is there a time and a place for it? For sure. And so we've developed that just as a compliment because some of these bigger customers, hey, you just did this class and I hired a guy the next day and Mm -hmm. I just need to get him through Hascom and I need to get him through Bloodborne and I need to get him through – I just need him, you know – Right. We, just got, we just got awarded a job and work starting next week. Yep. Right. And we need you know, I need him to sign off on these. And yes. so that was in response to a customer saying, Hey, we have a need. Could you help us figure out how to meet this need? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Jake and I, I think are willing to pioneer a lot. And yeah. so it's like, Yeah, let's give it a try. Here we go. Right. That's let's- a great I love that. And you know, that's um, I don't know, again, people probably appreciate this, but it is not economically feasible to do uh, an OSHA 30 for three people. No. Right? right. OSHA says the minimum is three, as I recall. You know, <laughs> I don't want to do a three-person 30-hour. But you hour. can't do it. Yeah. And it's a, it's a terrible class to begin oh, with. Yeah. with th- they just sit there and stare at you. There's So the online classes, I do, fill that onesie-twosie need. Exactly. They have a I time need somebody to get yeah. onto this site. They have to have this. Absolutely. Yeah. But if you have 20 people no, in, in person, person, in person. That quality the, for attention is going to be you know, Because they higher. will get so much more out yeah. of it. Even just the dialogue. We know having somebody be able to ask that, well, what about on this job site? Here's what we see a lot of. What about this? They'll take away from that, I learned something. Mm-hmm. You're not going to type into a chat where no one's going to respond you know, online where it's just you're going through the class. So the dialogue is huge. And I think that you Here's engage the your people, yeah. they can get their actual questions answered. Mm-hmm. They'll walk away saying, that mm-hmm. was useful because I know now how to operate on this site, mm-hmm. how to go forward and have a solution. I think that's interesting. The open enrollment style class where you might have one or two guys from different companies all attending the same 10 or 30. Mm-hmm. Um, typically, we have done them for a company. Yep. The company wants a 30, yeah. and they've got 12 people. Okay, we do that. Yep. There's always a minimum because it's just not feasible to do one below a certain minimum. Exactly. I hope that doesn't offend anybody, but that's just the reality of it training. Is. But if you bring in an open enrollment, I have three people from this company and two from this one and four from that one. Yeah. And once you get them engaged, the conversations are so good because they oh, are bringing experience yeah. and information and yep. uh, things that – the other guys might not get in their work environment. Those are so useful, and they are so challenging to do yep. as a trainer. Putting that on, juggling all of that, getting all those people enrolled, making sure their butt's in the seat when the class starts and they're not all backing out at the, you know, at yep, the last right. minute. Yep. Come back it, it's a lunch. huge risk for a trainer, but those classes are so good. Yep. And that was our goal here, right? We reach out to you and say, hey, we got this 30-hour going on. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, let's bring in if people have ones and twos and threes or five or whatever. Those just are, yeah. you know, bring them in, and that class is really, really rich when you share those experiences. Yes, and and you can't control this, but when those when those attendees actually participate and share stories, and oh my goodness, it makes. I mean, you it's got great. thirty hours, yeah. right? Right. It makes that thirty hours 
way better. Mm-hmm. When those and then guys, these guys are maybe even like establishing relationships at yeah, that point too yeah. between different companies and different. Yeah, we got a couple. We got a couple in the stuff. class who will be GC and sub. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. They're gonna. They're gonna. They're gonna work together. I love, yeah. So they already know each other somewhat. Yeah. Well, I just sent that announcement out to about forty-five of my clients a couple of days ago. I think. Yeah. Did I copy you guys on that? Yes. I think I blew that out. Yep. So. I hope they take advantage of it because um, it's the onesies and twosies that just get left behind. I've got mm-hmm. two guys. When are you doing a class? Yeah. Uh, I know. Yep. I can't set up a class for two people and then go out and find another 18 or 20 yeah, to make it, it worthwhile. Yeah. Yep. That's really tough. So I give you guys credit for that. I hope it works out great. Yep. They I'm can excited for it. Email the, your email addresses are going to be in the liner notes that go out with the show. Great. They yeah. can reach out to you January eighth through the eleventh yep. in Lincoln. Yep. Thirty hour OSHA construction outreach class. Yep. Take advantage of it. You've you got guys that are you know they're they're going to be a little bit slow in January. Yeah. I'm sure the weather's going to be shitty, so it'll be perfect. <laughs> get you know, shut down week. Get yeah. training. Perfect yeah. time to get yeah. all that training accomplished. Sub-zero weather. Yeah. Otherwise, they can find you guys at Safety Compliance. Yep, yep. Safety Compliance LLC. Just Google it. We'll Google it. Up. They yep. can find you. Yep. I can find them. I have access to them too. So, yeah. if you're looking for if you're looking for help, um, we'd love to help. Yeah. yeah, There's no reason you can't get the help you yeah. need. I, I got a question for you, Doug. I know you yeah, usually ask the questions. No, that's okay. What do you see coming in the safety industry? That do you see any big changes? You feel like anything's on the precipice of change uh, when it comes to safety in the future? Like. Right, we got we got a long time yet. Yeah, yeah, you guys got what, a long time. I'm almost think? done, man. What I do <laughs> what see do is somebody coming? like taking over for me. Okay, all you right, guys are, all right. We might know a couple guys. Thick skin, <laughs> you know, if you can tolerate that kind of insanity. But um, I do think there's a lot of technology that has found its way into the profession. Certainly, as practitioners, that mm-hmm. kind of escapes me. Frankly, I'm not going to learn too much new when. I don't do a lot of continuing education. You know, when I had certifications, you had to do the continuing. You had to oh, go to yeah. some shitty conference oh, every year and I I drop a bunch of money for it. And so now if I just have um, – if a client has a need, I just do research for yep. that specific need. Yep. But I'm not a techie guy. I think techno- there are a lot of innovations in technology that make safety better. I think the safety management app- apps and things, the learning management systems that you've just described, mm-hmm. I think – I think we're moving in that direction, but I don't think you will ever get away from that interpersonal. Yeah. I hope this not. Is, this on is a site. personal yeah. business. Yep. You know, you can do all of that techie stuff and miss the boat because you have to be able to have people that can interact with other people yep. that are naturally curious, that are, you know, good communicators. Yep. That's what makes safety work. It's a relationship business. Yep. It's a relationship. So that's not going to go away. Yeah, you can't replace that. I you mean, just cannot replace up, talking that. to a sub and just being able to relate to a foreman and just in yeah. thirty seconds and just being like, you just know, what is it you need? Yeah. How can I help you? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean that that's never going to go away. So a lot of the technology is interesting and useful, and it escapes me. I, I you know, it plays its it plays a role. It has a role. It's it a, a role. small piece in the puzzle, it's but it piece. will never replace hundred percent. AI will never replace what we do. I don't think. No, you there's know, no chat GPT no, can't, yeah. you know, what can I do for you? Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That was a horrible right, funny yeah, way to end this. Write me a program. Sorry, man. Right. Yeah. yeah, maybe it could write yeah. you a program. Yeah, it could help. I mean, yeah, maybe. To... And that's fine. Put it in the binder on the shelf like all the other shit. Yeah. But getting out onto, into the field, onto the floor, yeah. interacting with the employees, truly finding out what scares them and what they need, that, that you know. So I don't think that's going to change, man. Good. I, I think, yeah, good. I don't think it should change, mm-hmm. you know. But other than that, I do love this. I, I'm just not the guy that's going to do it. I, I am not a huge risk taker. I've always been take the safe. True. But I do think this cooperative, this, yeah. you know, we've got everything that you could possibly need at our disposal in this group. I think that is the way that safety should be done. When I worked for Terracon, and Terracon is a great company, I still have great friends there, but I was responsible for environmental health and safety. I don't know how you did it all. Yeah, I didn't. Big, I did yeah. it poorly. I'll yeah. be honest with you, man. I was writing air permits, air emission <laughs> inventories, doing industrial hygiene work, doing OSHA compliance yeah. work. It was not good. Yeah. You, need, surface, you need probably. a network. Yeah. This network of yeah. people. If you and could I, have utilized some of the resources you have yeah, now. Exactly. 
And it would have been better for the company. Much better for the client. Much better for the client. So I think, yeah, so I think we take this network of people that you, you guys have got a network. I've got a network. Yep. We've got this huge, really skilled group of people in this area. Yeah that can fill just about every need that any client could possibly have. And I think, you know, I think that, again, just gives the client peace of mind. That's all they want. Yeah. Am I doing the right thing? Am I going to get in trouble? I mean, what, what am I missing? Mm-hmm. That's what we do. Yep. You know? and, and even for the customers that we help, again, Osha was at one of the customers on Wednesday, and they could call me, right? And, and just be in that resource where I can help. Yeah. Give them that kind of ease of mind, that comfort, yeah. that they have a resource available. We'll go to those informals with them. We'll be, yeah. you know, we'll be in the room with them. Yeah. It's just sort of like, you know, they get asked the question, and it's like, Jake, yeah, Shane, they're, they're pretty, Yeah, they're it's pretty like, worried, like, am I going right. to say the wrong thing? <clears throat> right. They probably have the right answer, but they're yeah. just pretty nervous. Yeah. It, it's, very, it's a very anxious situation. I totally anxious. get it. Yep. So, and so that, yeah, that, again, that just that peace of mind that somebody's got my back. Yep. I'm not just hanging out here to dry. That's, yeah, a lot of companies, a, a lot of companies, you know, hey, we got nine guys. I'm not going to hire a full-time safety guy. You yeah. know. But I'd like a safety resource to really help. Absolutely. And that's, that's I love where it. we play a lot of. That's what we do, man. Yep. Shane Unger, Jacob Whitney. Yes, sir. The company is Safety Compliance. Yep. Fantastic services, man. I appreciate what you do for me and my clients. Yeah, it's been a and, great uh, beneficial. Yeah, 2020, 2024 is going to be a better year. So if you are looking for help, go find these guys. Call me, whatever you need. We'll take care of that. Yeah. Look into the class in January, January 8th through 11th. Um, send your people there, right? They can hold up to 40, I think, yep. is the limit. The so let's get 40 people in the classroom. That would be ideal. And uh, we hope to see you in 2024. Otherwise, guys, I, I will see you beforehand. But yeah. we'll just say happy holidays. Yeah. Four Thanks, kids. Yeah, four man. kids. Yes, sir. Oh man, you guys got a lot of work you guys left can donate to donate some presents if you want. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Christmas is wild. You want to yeah. adopt a family? Yeah, yeah. Right there, for you, <laughs> there you go. All right, guys, thank you for coming in this morning. Thanks, Have Doug. a great weekend. Thanks, Doug. Thanks everybody for listening. Uh, get in touch with the guys, or let me know if there's something we can do for you. And I will talk to you next Friday. Take care. Bye bye. A Huda Media Production.